Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 5 of Radio X's Off the Record Podcast, produced by Nova Southeastern University's one and only college radio station known as Radio X. This is DJ Frank coming to you from Nova Southeastern University. You won't want to miss today's podcast, which features a fantastic and unique local artist known as Pepper Gomez. Pepper Gomez has made music all her life under many different names. In our exclusive interview, she discusses her creative processes and her journey as an artist. She is joined by her son and collaborating artist, Tack Boy, who you'll have the chance to learn more about in just a few minutes. I won't stall you guys any longer, so let's get right into it. Here is my interview from summer 2021 with Pepper Gomez and Tack Boy. So how are you doing today? Hey, good, good. We're good. We're having a good time and a lot's going on, obviously. Where are you calling in from? We are right now in Coral Springs. Coral Springs, Florida. So you're like probably 25 minutes away from me. Uh, maybe. And there, there's Tack Boy. Hello. How you doing? Do you both want to introduce yourself really quickly for our listeners? Sure, absolutely. My my name is Pepper Gomez. I'm a vocalist and I'm currently running Wake Up Music and Wake Up Music Rocks with Waylon Revis and his wife, Julie. Hey, what's up? I'm Thack Boy. I'm Pepper Gomez's son and I'm a singer. I'm part of E.T. Boys. It's a group of my big brother. So you put out music uh, with the name Pepper Gomez. Could you tell me a little bit about how that name came to be? Okay, that was back in the original days of House, the the mid-80s when when I started making some tracks as that genre was actually developing. And I had like a normal life that wasn't in the arts (laughs) simultaneously at that time. And I kind of needed to keep things separate because I probably would have been thrown out of my graduate program if they knew I was doing anything other than the graduate program. So I came up with Pepper. I don't know how. I think I thought at the time because nobody else had it. And I had no idea because back in those days, you couldn't just get online and search for names. But I had no idea there was also a wrestler, which I do happen to love wrestling. And Tack Boy also loves wrestling from when he was a kid, uh, that there was a wrestler named Pepper Gomez. So I was kind of actually when Peppa of Salt and Peppa came out because I was like, ah, that's really close to my name. But it didn't matter because I kind of moved to flamenco after that. And only recently, about four years ago, came back to the the dance side of music. Interestingly, you just said that you made flamenco music for a little bit. Yeah, at around the age of 33, I wanted to become a flamenco dancer, actually, since I was like in eighth grade. And... My family had lived for a summer in Spain and Madrid. And at that time, we would just, you know, be up till four and five in the morning in the tablaos. And I just remember that that like hit me so hard. I don't know if it was because of my own Hispanic, you know, part of my Hispanic background or exactly what it just drew me. And finally, right when I finished graduate school, (laughs) 
I found a flamenco teacher and then just studied for quite a number of years. I did the dance initially, and then I started uh, studying the cante, the singing, which is very, very hard. I, I kind of feel that that should be left for individuals who actually have that in their you know, in their background, it, you know, from their upbringing, but I was probably better than nothing at the same time. Are you familiar with a lot of uh, famous uh, flamenco artists? I would say I'm familiar with many. A lot of them, the ones that are doing flamenco now, some of them are my friends. Unfortunately, a good number of them also have died, which is a very, it's a, it's a massive loss for the arts, for sure. Yeah, that, that's interesting because we actually had the chance to interview this artist by the name of Pedro Cortez. And oh, that's that's my that's my buddy. Yeah, <laughs> that's my friend forever. And he's the real thing, by the way. Yeah, he was a very interesting guy. I loved his take on flamenco. He was talking about how La Susi passed away recently in October. But it's it's great that uh, you're familiar with him because flamenco, he was talking about how it's a dying art, but uh, I'm glad people are still embracing it to this day. Yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. I know that part of uh, tax warehouse of experiences growing up in, in my household was listening to me struggle with the content. So the most recent single, you, was it a single you put, put out recently or was it like an album? I'm not sure. Well... It's a single with a bunch of remixes. Mm -hmm. So I guess technically you could call it an album. Um, it didn't really intend, I didn't intend for it to morph into such a crazy project, but that's exactly what happened. So it was, it was originally a tune called My Heart Plays For You. My Heart Plays For You by Andrew Kitchen. And he asked me to sing on the track. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, it was, it's kind of new pop. It's coming out and you're going to get to hear it. It's a very sweet, beautiful, it's kind of like a, a happy, happy love song. Nothing in my genre of house or really anything else that I've ever sang. But when he played me the track, I was like, oh yeah, I got lyrics. I've got a melody. And it turned out really sweet. So I asked Ralphie Rosario to do a remix on that. And Ralphie came up with like a totally, it was a new tune. And I was like, oh my God, I love this tune <laughs> so, so much. And then I asked Tack, who's about to be doing his project, the ET Boys, that's gonna start dropping in June. I was like, man, you gotta listen to this. I, I really wanna see if you can channel some of your inner house because he is a Chicago boy. So. I, I asked him and he, he's like, okay, we went into the studio and how, how was it for you? Uh, I mean, I don't really sing house, but I made it my own. It was pretty easy, simple as that. And it, it, I, I've been super, super happy with it. It's getting a lot of love, I'm happy to say. I think people like it. It's, it's, it, it's again, I think one of the things I like about house is that it, it makes you feel like moving. It's not like downer music. I always like to joke, we have Neil Young for downer music, but it's just, it's music that, you know, you just wanna, you wanna move to. And I've, I've gotten a lot of nice feedback on tax vocals. Uh, people, like some of my metal heads actually are like, 
I don't even like this kind of music, but this thing is good. So <laughs> we're hoping to see it climb the charts. We were really happy to be added. Thank you for, for what you have done also. And one thing for sure, it's new. It doesn't sound like anything else, you know? Mm -hmm. When I was listening to it, it didn't really sound like the typical house that you would hear from a mainstream artist. And that's what I really liked about it. Our, even our DJ who plays house music, he said that he really would like more music for this in this kind of like subgenre to be created. But I'm glad you guys are like changing the changing the way house is made. Yeah, I, I only like new music. I mean, I've listened to music for a lot, a lot, a lot of years, many <laughs> decades. And some songs are like totally played out to me. And I only, I'm only drawn now to new music. And luckily that that's definitely happening. I think, you know, the digital world brings some good things and some not so good things. But one of the good things I believe it brings is that people have the opportunity to create and I keep discovering new music and that that's just a, a whole lot of fun. And where we'll bring people is a different story because there, there is the business to music. We know that for a fact, but I'm just happy to hear stuff that I haven't heard before where people are taking risks and expressing themselves. Is this the first time you two have uh, collaborated on an album or artist? Music yeah, it's or? the first time I sing with my mom. So it was a pretty different scenario for me. I'm not really used to seeing that side of her. But yeah, so I, was, <laughs> I went to the studio for the first time. The first time being like a, like a real studio kind of thing. And it was crazy because not only like it was, I was I was singing, but like she was like behind the, the board. So it was, just, it was just cool like to have her like give me tips and stuff because like she's a real, I don't really, consider myself a, uh, a singer with like, I guess, background or like professional teaching elements, but I just, I just have emotion and uh, she's, she's better at that than I am. So it was cool to have her there. That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, for me, it was, I, I, I call it a peak experience because I didn't know how it was gonna go. And he's a little Jim Morrison-esque, if you haven't noticed. So <laughs> it's creative process and I'm, I'm happy to support whatever he needs at this phase in his life for his creative process. But he just, he killed it. I was just like, I was amazed. And it was a joy to produce him because I have produced a couple of other, you know, divas, shall we say. And it wasn't that fun for <laughs> me, but with him, he, he took feedback. He, he put his, he put his heart into it. And, you know, it's funny, the song is called Oh My Heart, but I really believe that he put all of his heart into it. And you can hear the richness of Tack Boy's voice. If you listen to the different parts, the way the song progresses and moves forward and it, it was fun to mix down. And then, you know, we got Ralphie doing his mix and the, the most flabbergasting part of it all was to get Eric Cupper, who's just like massive, massive remixer. I mean, if you look at his discography, it's like frightening. He has produced so, so much. And he said he wanted to, you know, chime in on the track and it's like, come on down. And again, he gave it a whole different interpretation Still the same tune, but very, very different and a lot of fat sounds. Like he just, he used a lot of the fat sounds that you would find in the original house music, but made it new and current. And I, 
I, I, I was just so, so touched by his support, not to mention Ralphie's. Amazing. One more question I had for you is that you said you were in a graduate school. Was the music industry like what you were in graduate school for or was it something entirely different? No, I became a clinical psychologist. That's interesting. So you, you became, a, are you like a clinical psychologist full-time and music's like your part-time thing? I, I, was, I was for 30 years and it's kind of funny because back in the olden days when I was in graduate school and I, I w- always had a lot of friends that were musicians and I'd be like, my gosh, you guys need a shrink because none of the bands would stay together. They'd always be fighting. There'd be substance abuse problems. You guys need like a a professional shrink to go with you into the studio and tour and make sure you stay together and keep doing good music. Well, now I'm kind of applying those skills as I'm working the record label and, you know, signing individuals who have a lot of promise and are creating new music. So, when was the first time you professionally like released an an album or a single? Me personally? Yeah. That was, we, we won the AMP. It was a college radio station that mm-hmm. did a, it was a contest. And that was the very first pressing. I did kind of like, it's considered like classic house now, but a version of Pushing Too Hard by The Seeds that, I think a lot of Seeds fans don't necessarily like, but a lot of other people like it. And it ended up being a, a kind of an, an underground hit on the stations that were community and college based. They, mm-hmm. uh, I, I have to say the community and college stations have always been very receptive to new stuff. And I think you guys are trendsetters, quite frankly. Yeah, I do notice that definitely with college stations, they're like the people who did it before was cool. So we always we always get that music from artists that a couple months ago, no one knows about. Like, I don't know if you know who Glass Animals are. They got like music top 10 right now. We got music from them a year ago when no one knew who they they were. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, the the Pushing Too Hard track, I think that was like 1984, if I'm not mistaken. Then after that came Electric Baila. I think that was like 85. And that, that charted Billboard. That was like one of the first house tracks to chart Billboard. So after that, I did various work with some of the DJs. And then I kind of distanced myself from that as I immersed into flamenco. So Tack, you said that this song that you did with your mom was their first professionally produced track. Uh, what have you been doing before that in the music industry as a whole? I mean, so me and my brother, we're a group called Ethy Boys. I mean, we make things, we used to make things on SoundCloud, but it's all on private now because we're about to officially release. So I used to make music in college because I, I got a full ride to college and there's a lot of pressure on me because I had to take it like a, I had a hard like course. I, I did engineering and it's a lot of pressure. And what I do for like, the, almost, it was, I guess you could say therapy almost. And I would like make music to like YouTube beats. And it was like with me and my friends. And like we sent it to each other's friends. And eventually I sent one of them to my brother and it just happened to be like, perfect timing because he was working on beats at the time like randomly like we hadn't really spoken about it before like I mean there were talks of it but not like real talks like oh let's let's do this and Mm -hmm. I sent it to him one day email and like the next week he sent me email with like three beats on it and we had our first song like a week and it honestly it wasn't it's not too I mean I'm not proud of it now because obviously compared to stuff we make now that's like 
I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible, but yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I sent to my brother and then we started making music together. Awesome. With the success that you had, you've had with this um, new single that you did with your mom, do you see a future where you're going to be producing your own tracks? I think I only do music made by my brother, to be honest. If it's not mm-hmm. my brother behind like the, the beat, then I probably won't sing on it. Mm-hmm. But I just did it because I'm, I mean, we're a Latino family. She asked me to do it. That's why I did it. Like, I would not have done it if it wasn't anyone else. If it was anyone else, I would have said no. I just, I make music with my brother only pretty much. So it's like a family thing for you. I guess, I guess you could say family, but more to extent like, um, it's just that we, we worked really well together and our, mm-hmm. like, our brains work the same way when it comes to music. A lot of things that people wouldn't hear, me and him would hear, like, oh, that, that sounds crazy. Oh, we should like, do something like that. So I guess, I guess it's a coincidence that we're family, but yeah, I, even if he was my brother, I think we'd still work crazy together. Awesome. Yeah. They, they do have a pretty intense synchronicity when they work together. I think the early stuff they did actually is quite good. It's and, not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I think it's good. And I was like, let me release this. Let me. Re-. And they're like, we're not ready, which I thought was very touching and very humble. And I respect that. But they're ready now. And we've got some cool stuff that's going to come out starting in June. Awesome. We can't wait to hear it. Another question I had for you is I know that house music and touring isn't like a very common thing with that industry but do you plan on playing this music publicly like even if at local venues like revolution live or culture room or something like that is that something you want to do or do you want to just keep it uh, fully digital spotify all that people have asked me that and one of the reasons i like the studio is because i can do it over again if i don't <laughs> like it and i think it's amazing that I, I was able to crank out this tune because running the record label, r- running Wake Up Music, which continues to, to grow and we're adding to our, our artists that we're signing, I, I thought it wasn't going to be as much work, but it's pretty much work. So anything's possible, but I don't foresee that right this second. Although I would be accustomed to it because of the flamenco shows I did in the past where I was actually singing and dancing. So it's, it's not a matter of not wanting to. I'm just not sure how I would fit it in. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys are still going, putting music out. Um, a lot of artists we saw this pandemic really just shot them down and they just don't want to make anything because touring is like what they love to do. Yeah. I'm, I think you've seen that like a lot of artists have delayed albums releases like even a year because they, they want to release it and then have tour dates scheduled, but they can't do that because of the pandemic. How has this uh, COVID pandemic affected your like creative process for music or has it not done anything to you at all? I mean, I guess, I guess you have less experiences, so you can't like, I draw a lot of past experiences into my music, like about girls and stuff like that. But I guess that's kind of, kind of dampened a bit, but in reality, you can kind of make me, I mean, I feel like COVID can help you make music because you're stuck inside regardless. So why not just, why not just make music then? Like what else are you going to do? But that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's something we've, we've definitely seen a lot of new, interesting, like creative processes come out of COVID and some of them just like change entirely, but that's good. That's good to hear though. Yeah. I think for, 
for wake up the the label side it's it's been hard on my artists but not in terms of creativity i think we just you know we moaned we complained and we kept creating but one of the realities is that these tours are are money makers for uh, an already you know unless you're at the very 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 high echelon you you need the tours to sell your merch to 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 make some of this extra money because the digital world has pretty much ripped off artists massively and if i ever get big enough i'll probably fight that but that's an aside <laughs> so i saw how not being able to tour really really hurt them financially and yet at the same time things are starting to come back now and maybe it'll be better than ever i don't know it's just whoever expected the pandemic even right have you ever toured before professionally me personally yeah yes with my flamenco troupe well something that i always like to ask artists especially ones with long histories what is the most interesting tour story you have that you can tell me the most interesting tour story that I have was I was doing a performance and it was a very deep flamenco piece and I was in a trio of three dancers and I was praying for the spirit of Maria Alba, who was one of my teachers who had passed to, to please channel into me and so that I could make it like the best performance I could. And during what should have been a break, I broke out of formation, did this solo part, suddenly realized, oh my God, where are my other dancers? Danced myself back into formation. And then we went out and, you know, moved into the next part of the dance and finished the piece. And everyone was like, we didn't know you had uh, a solo in that thing. That was great. And I was just laughing because of course I didn't have a solo. <laughs> and it was just one of those moments of inspiration or what you would call duende in flamenco where the spirit really overtook me. And it was a beautiful thing, even though I'm not sure that my flamenco troupe, uh, you know, the head of the troupe, Teresa, she probably didn't like that I strayed from the choreography, but it seemed like everyone who saw it thought it was very cool. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I won't keep you too much longer. I wanted to ask you, is there anything you guys would love to tell our listeners before we let you go? Listen to Ethy Boys. It's coming out soon. <laughs> and of course, you can find us at uh, wakeupmusicgroup.com. And from there, you can navigate to all our socials. I love talking to people you might notice. Uh, and anyone who wants to chat with me, I, I've been very touched by the support of so many people that I've never met personally, and it means a lot to us. So keep rocking the new music for us. We really love you for taking the time and cannot thank you enough. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. Again, huge shout out to Pepper Gomez and Tack Boy for hopping on our podcast. It was a blast having you guys with us. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find more as well as our previous seasons on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Pocket Casts, Breaker, and Radio Public at NSU Radio X. 
We've got another exciting interview for you next week with a South Florida original rock band known as Man or Monkey. For updates about that and more, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Spotify, and Snapchat at NSU Radio X. Just a reminder, the views expressed by guests on this podcast are their own, and their appearance on this program does not imply an endorsement of them. Views and opinions expressed by Radio X employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of Radio X staff, the university, or its officials. With that, see you next week.